Hello. Hi. Welcome to this week's episode <laughs> of the Schoolful Bywood Nuts. Hmm. Hello there. My name is Kyle. Yeah. And I'm joined by Toby. If you can't tell by her attitude, this is our like fourth attempt to start this. Fifth, actually. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Mm. My bones are all cracked. I finished tapping on the box, and that, that means we're ready to start. Does it though? Does it though? Time will tell. Okay. This week's episode is a little different because I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. I also wrote it. Okay. So, in case you were wondering, it's all me, baby. That should explain more than enough because my episodes suck. Take that! Yep, buckle in, everybody. Okay. Well, I suppose that we should start at the start. Okay. So, so what are we covering? Well, that's what we're going to find out here. Mm-hmm. All right. In 1996, many moons ago, mm-hmm. a small video game company released their first game called Disruptor. Disruptor. And while it was a commercial failure, mm-hmm. it caught the eye of Universal Interactive Studios. This, in turn, gave the company the boost that it would need to continue on with its next ideas. Uh-huh. The next idea would turn into Spyro the Dragon. Yeah. And that is this week's episode topic. Uh-huh. PlayStation was looking for not realising what Crash Bandicoot was about to become during this development. Mm-hmm. They wanted a more kid-friendly thing. Nintendo pretty much had all the children, and PlayStation had Resident Evil, Final Fantasy... Like, Metal Gear Solid and Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. So they were like, we need a child-friendly thing. These guys have... Their game not, might not have been popular, but they proved they could build a game. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much where it comes from. Actually, did you know that the Spyro we got did was not know? the Spyro that was first envisioned? No. It was originally an adult dragon named Pete. Mm-hmm. But he was too big, and it didn't appeal to everyone, apparently. So they so, made Pete small. Insomniac Games artist Craig Still suggested a game about a dragon mm-hmm. purely because he had interest in the mythical creature. He was just in a dragony mood. That he was day. like, I like dragons. Let's do a game about dragons. I mean, how much thought goes into the mascots anyway? Sonic doesn't look like a hedgehog. They went with a bandicoot because wombats weren't as good. Yeah. So originally they're working out this dark, edgy dragon game mm-hmm. and then john and i'm gonna get this name wrong fiorito uh took over as the chief operating officer of insomniac games in 97 and this was they were like it's dark and it's super realistic and all of that kind of stuff yeah and then universal interactive studios came along and basically as you said was like um no the playstation doesn't have any children-friendly games. If we could make, like, a mass market, you know, appealing game, that would be nice. Let's take a look at PlayStation games at the time. So, 96 96 and 7. Oh, they didn't have big... Oh, no, there they come. Do you remember the Die Hard trilogy? The movie? No, the terrible video game tie-in. No. Because video game tie-ins... Have never been and never will be good. Yeah. You got things like that. Oh, you got the original Persona in English. 
No, oh, that's Destruction not. Destruction Derby 2. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot comes out this year, but they don't know that yet. No. It's... There's... There's fuck all here, dude. Yeah. So, as you said, original name for the dragon was Pete. Mm-hmm. But they were scared uh, of Disney. Uh, as you are. Mm-hmm. So, they started playing around with dragon-friendly words and got to Spyro. Mm-hmm. Because I thought pyro was a little too on the nose. And then there's some Latin word with to breathe that starts with SP, etc. Mm. And they just smushed them together. During this time, the popular video games on the PlayStation were the Final Fantasy where the girl dies and everyone gets upset. Abe's Odd World, which is another dark, crummy thing. Tekken, 7, uh, Tekken 3 and Grand Theft Auto just started. Yeah, boy. So the uh, children's market's still pretty slim. Mm-hmm. Not getting much better. So you have Charles Zimbilla, who yep. did the character design. Zimbilus. I don't think he's related to the guy who voiced Alfred, but it's the same last name. That's how I don't pronounce it. Okay, I'm glad one of us does. Yep. I'm sorry to all of the people that I'm going to torture during this episode. Who is Charles? Um. So making sure that they got Spyro right. They just hired the dude who did the finals on Crash Bandicoot because he had he'd been through a few designers. They had oh, I can't think of the guy's name. The dude who made like Fairly Odd Parents and and Samurai Jack and such. Mm-hmm. That him, but it, it was a little too very nineties. You know, you know the art style Angular I'm talking about. Yeah, Angular, very bendy, not the best. Yep. So um, Charles Zimbalist was the guy who did exactly the Crash Bandicoot we got. Like, the, the final property. And they were like, well, he obviously knows how to do kid-friendly, cute, but attitude characters. Mm-hmm. And they hired him. He made a big dragon. They made it a child dragon. He was green. Yep. But they couldn't find him on all the grass in the game. Which is a problem when, when your main character blends in with the background. So instead of doing what they did with Crash Bandicoot, like all the color studies and that are ridiculous, they went with... They went more opposites instead of contrasting, yep. making Spyro purple. Wonderful. Um, we also have Peter Clean, or mm. Clean, I'm sorry, Peter Cleaner, who wrote the dialogue yep. for in the game. And Carlos Azaraki, who was voicing the original Spyro. Mm-hmm. He was a dark, grizzly voice for a bit. He figured because you're breathing fire, you're not going to have the nicest... Yeah, he's chords. like Pack-A-Day Smoker, yep. And they were like, no, 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 make it more kid-friendly. So he goes too high-pitched. And they're like, no, 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 somewhere in the middle. So that's why he's kind of croaky in the first game. Yes. This guy also voiced the war from Crash Bandicoot 1. Wow. And the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Yeah, makes sense. All the same dude. Um. So beca- during the development stages, mm-hmm. uh, Insomniac became extremely close with Naughty Dog. Clearly, they, you know... We were discussing this yesterday. I'm glad they were, like, buddies do you in know, the industry. Okay, do you know why they were buddies? I don't know. Their offices were literally across the hallway from each other. That doesn't so mean they much. So like, like, they would work on a thing and then go next door and just knock on it and be like, hey, can you come play our game? And test it. we'll come and play your game. And we'll just, like... Which is why um, on Spyro there is... A Crash Bandicoot demo, and on Crash Bandicoot there's a Spyro demo. Yeah. Because they were like, eh, we like these guys. Yeah, I'm glad it's not like a stupid bickering contest like the PlayStation mm-hmm. versus, you know, Xbox versus Nintendo versus PC. Yeah. It's it's definitely, you know, it's nice that they're friends. Yeah. 
Um, so there was. <laughs> turns out the Spyro was a very bizarre game. Hmm? So because Spyro can fly long distances, Insomniac was able to make their levels more open and immersive than games were at the time. However, this mean meant that they had to bring on Matt Whiting, who is a NASA engineer who specializes in flight control to help program the camera and some of the moves. Yeah, they were so careful with how they made Spyro move. They hired a, like an aeronautical scientist. Yeah, I, like, that's... It's hey, weirdly just, dedicated. How, how do you ring up NASA and be like, hi, so we're making this video game we need one of about your men to, a dragon? We need one of your finest men to steer a dragon. Can we, um, aerospace engineer, or is there is there someone that, you know, has some holidays saved up, maybe? <laughs> yeah, that's, I find that very fun. Um, another cool thing was the engine that they used in the game. Because so, it's so glidey mm-hmm. and expansive of maps they had to do something that hadn't really been done on a playstation before it hadn't was... been done on like anything before there's a lot of cutting edge shit that goes into us in the original spyro trilogy yeah so they used a 3d panoramic engine mm-hmm. um and it was being developed by alex hastings as they were using it yeah this was one of the first unfoggy games like you remember Mm -hmm. things like the bugs life game silent hill used they like literally made a foggy game as an excuse to deal with the fog the spider-man playstation games said a big fog blanketed the city yeah because they have to have the fog in there yeah because they couldn't find a way to no one could work around it until spyro did yeah Um, well and so also crash found their own way of doing it too by because hiding they kept, levels in zigzags yeah the small linear builds mm-hmm. they could sort of you know they, they did it in a way that hides a lot of the, well, see, the polygon nonsense spyro didn't have that no, because he can move vast distances mm-hmm. like if you get to a level and you get high enough you can technically glide the entire distance of the map yeah. so they needed to find a way to make that work so the engine allowed them to basically render two images at a time. You had a highly detailed render that was around the actual player, mm-hmm. so that whatever you are closest to looks clearer. Yeah, it doesn't look like garbage. And a second image that was loading, which was a simple textureless layer for things further away. Mm-hmm. Which we've seen happen a million times since on things like Boundary Break yeah. and stuff like that on YouTube. Like, you, you, it's... But they were it's like one, they it, were using it as it was being developed mm, to and try and get it functioning like in a way that was believable because that was a thing that they were really big on the believability of the game. Did you know that even the soundtrack is as impressive as the game development and the voices and everything? Yeah, one of the only people to continue working through the entire trilogy mm-hmm. is uh, Stuart Copeland. Do you know who Stuart Copeland is? He's, he's like a drummer from the police. Yep. Like, that's a pretty big British rock band. Yeah. Like. Especially at the time. They even gave Copeland, like, cheat-loaded copies of the game. Because he's an old man. He couldn't play video games. No, well, they wanted him to be able to play smoothly. 
Mm. So when he was actually creating... Well, to get a feel for the level, he would get killed on the first enemy every time, and they're like, oh my god, fine, you can just be invincible for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, I do find it kind of upsetting, though. Like, he would play through the levels, mm-hmm. and for every single, like, section of a level, he would come up with a song. He would draft it all, write it all, record it all, come back in the next day and, like, refine it and publish it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this bit is for this bit of the level, and that bit's for that bit of the level. And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's good, man. None of it matches up. There's some stuff that wasn't even used. Look, they were trying to do a lot of things dynamically, but to do dynamic music yeah. was not a thing yet. You didn't have that, oh, there's enemies nearby music like in Skyrim and shit. That, it's not really a thing yet. No, but you like... You had the little music blocks in Mario at the time where you bop them and they make a noise. That's that's about fucking it, really. But like, you got to think, when they're using... They've got this rendering system, they've got... Like, they were doing so much, they probably just didn't have space. Because this is early PlayStation days. Mm. Like, they didn't have room on the disc to be doing it. Did you have any more development facts? Not for the first game, but... Okay, because I will move into what the first game is about, if you're ready. Um, the only other thing in it that was very impressive at the time was because they were trying to develop a relatively children's game. Mm-hmm. They gave AI to villains. Yes. Which was, again, not really a common practice. Most of the, most villains are on rails. They'll walk a bit. They'll do, they'll do like a strike and then they'll walk back. Yeah. You know how it is, like the sword dude in Crash Bandicoot Three. He'll mm-hmm. pull, he'll spin, and he'll just repeat until the end of time. Yeah. Where you'll notice in Spyro, none of them do that. They'll interact with you a lot and give you a lot of warning before they attack, mm-hmm. especially in the second like hub world. Yeah. If you recall the little like the little soldiers, instead of attacking you, they'll come up and just flash their ass. Yep. So you could just charge them right in the butt yep. or incinerate them rectally. Which was always my favorite uh, mm. punishment. But, but instead of just walking back and forth, they actually sort of interacted a little bit. And, like, when you breathe at them, they bend over and cower and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so, in 1998, Spyro the Dragon is released on the PlayStation. Yep. Competing with things like Crash Bandicoot 3, Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil 2, Tomb Raider 3, and then just a pre- plethora of shitty racing games and crap I've never heard of. Blasto came out that year. Oh, yeah? Um, Bugs Life. Oh, Cool Borders 3. That's a good one. Um, Apocalypse, the game that was ended up being the resume for the Tony Hawk series. Yep. So, so there's not a lot of competition. Yeah. I can't imagine Grim Fandango being good on a controller instead of a mouse. Um, as we said, Spyro is a small purple dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lives in Dragon Kingdom, which there are five different kingdoms that are all interconnected. Um, using portals, yeah. and this is so the game is Spyro using Ironic, portals. Ironically, all this portal stuff coming out the same year as Half Life on the PlayStation. Oh, wonderful! Mm. Um, all the Spyro's running through the portals, freeing all the dragons because they've been trapped in crystal prisons. Even the portals were incredible at the time. I love the portals. The way you just like hop into it, and the world behind you just is just vaporized out. Yeah. So we find out as the game goes on that Nasty Nork 
has decided he is going to take over Dragon Kingdom. Because they badmouthed him on television. Would, would you like to go into that further? The opening cutscene is on YouTube if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But there's just a newscaster interviewing dragons. You don't see any real technology in this game, but they've got live cameras and microphones and such. And they're, they're just talking to dragons. And they're like, oh, Nasty Nook's such a big bitch. He sucks. He he tries to wind down the window on a submarine. He's so stupid. And then he just gets upset and turns all the dragons into crystals. <laughs> Except for Spyro. Yeah. Um, and the crystals he turns into armies. So who's, who's the real film? Um, well... Everyone's kind of a jerk in the first game. Yeah, it, look, it was doing good, but at the same time... Eh. So, however, the game sold 5 million copies worldwide. Yeah, the critics great. praised it, particularly for its graphics and its gameplay. Again, cutting edge as fuck for what it was at the time. Yeah. It would have blown a lot of people's minds. Probably. With its voice cast, um, Carlos as Alazraki, who we mentioned as Spyro, and the dog. Um, yeah, you got him. He also voices a shitload of the other dragons. Um, you have Michael Go, who when you see in a video game and think, hey, that's Alfred from the first four Batman movies, it's not. It's a dude who voiced a thug in Arkham Origins. Mm-hmm. It was weird to see his, his credit in Arkham just a coincidence name. Um, you got Jamie Alcroft as a few other dragons and Clancy Brown, who you'd know as like Mr. Krabs, Lex Luthor. A lot of, a lot of I good mean, voice acting gonna, comes from that guy. I was going to say, I know that name, but I don't know why I know it. So did you play Spyro the Dragon? I played the first one a bit. I played the third one the most, but I did play a fair bit of the first game. I would, you know, truck my way along. Yeah. I'd get to the final boss, and it's like, you got to collect every gem in the game. And yep. I'd be like, no. And that would be my adventure in the first Spyro game. I would get to that door a million times. Why, why didn't you just, you know? Because every single game, the small pickups don't matter. The Wampa Fruit in Crash, the Mario's Coins, whatever the fuck Bubsy had. <laughs> Uh, the carrots from Jazz Jackrabbit. I'm running out of steam here, Kai. You got any others? There was a different thing in every level of Lilo and Stitch. I don't know. I always pick up a little thing. The, the grains in Bugs Life that came out that year. None of them had ever mattered before. I couldn't figure out why these ones did all of a sudden. Because it's good. Nah, I don't have time for that business. Um, so I would, you know, put take it out and play like Rugrats instead of something. See, I played that a lot. I I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I just never finished it. I was also smart enough to know to pick up the stuff. I don't know if Particularly after the first time, and I was like, mm, "Cool, let's just you know do the thing." I got action to figures now. to play with at that time, man. I'm busy. Mm. I got to build a fort out of sticks later. Mm. I see. Uh, one year later, we end up with the sequel. Yeah, another, another annual release game. Ripto's Rage. Or? In Australia, we called it Gateway to Glimmer. Because we get the European versions of everything, everybody. So well, if you want to buy cheap video games, get them from France, usually. Hmm. That's where I got my Saw games. Um, like I said, 
not a lot of the same people worked on it. Still no. had Insomniac games, but your entire cast has been redone. Yep. Uh, Tom Kenny voicing Spyro and a bunch of other people, which is interesting because we just had Mr. Krabs. Now we're getting SpongeBob. Yep. Keep um, it in the family. Yep. You got Greg Berger. Good who, name. Who voices um, Hunter. Do you want to talk about Hunter? I, I do he's, have he's introduced. information about him. Um, old Burger here, you might recognize as, when it loads, uh, Grimlock from the PS4 Transformers game. Uh, he returned to do Ripto in the Reignited trilogy, mm-hmm. and his character in the Nitro Kart Grand Prix. Nice. A lot of video games. Lots and lots of video games. He played Hammersmith in Agents of Mayhem, if you want to remember that existing. You don't don't have to. Good. I'm glad that we don't have to. Alright, cool. Um, so... You've also got Melissa Disney, which is a hell of a last name. Um, she's voicing Alora the Fawn. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Milton James is Sir Moneybags, that motherfucker. Mary Linda Phillips him. and Marcelo too, but I like that all the casts are nice and sort of yeah, mostly small. It's easy to deal with. Yeah. Um, There's not really that many like. This game I played things, the though. least of. See, by, I probably by far. I probably played this one the most. I didn't really. I didn't meet the fawn until the reignited trilogy. Oh, you really didn't like, play it. I really didn't play it. Yeah, no, I I definitely played this one the most out of all three. Um, I barely remember the third game. Um, so basically, the storyline of this one is Spyro is sick of the rain in Artisans mm-hmm. and decides to go on a vacation to Dragon Shores. Yeah, because what do you do with Dragon but go to the beach? Um, when he's traveling through the portal, however. He and Spark end up in the fantasy realm oh, of Oh, do you want to talk about Avalon? Sparks real quick? We can. Um, I thought that was another in- innovative thing. I didn't know how it worked until I was way done with playing the first three games, so I was a dumb oh, child. I worked it out. But um, your dragonfly companion... Sparks. Yeah. He's like the Disney princess's animal sidekick. Mm-hmm. But he would change colour to suit your health bar. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what he was. He would be gold... Then green, I think. And then blue. And I think that's it, right? Something like that. And then he would just vanish. That's a good way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Again, you don't have a big obvious health bar across your screen. You don't die in one hit like a Crash Bandicoot, perhaps. And you got to feed him Judas. Yeah, he would eat butterflies when you kill small things. They're, called, they're not butterflies, they're Judas. They're... Uh... Because we, we don't want to... Scripto was inspired by Spyro. That's all I know. Okay. Um, the way Spyro is written on the Japanese cover looks like it says Ripto. Yes. Yeah. That's all I know, man. So, as I was saying, Spyro ends up in the realm of Avalor because mm-hmm. he was summoned there by Hunter the Cheetah, Alora the Fawn, and the Professor, who is a mole. Yeah. The only one of which I know at all is Hunter because he carried over to the third game. He did. He did. Um... They accidentally brought Ripto to their world, and so they had to 
find a dragon that could defeat him mm-hmm. and ended up with Spyro. Yeah. So basically it's Spyro making his way through Avalor, um, trying to write all of the things that um, Ripto had like messed up. Oh, that was a good year for video games when during the release of Spyro 2. Oh, yeah? Grand Theft Auto 2. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater just started. Uh, Driver. The first one, you couldn't get past the tutorial. It was bullshit. Oh, but good. Crash Tag Team Racing came out that year. Medal of Honor. The Gun, the first-person shooter genre that would progressively get worn to just worn down to the bone and be terrible ever since. Uh, Pac-Man was also a good 3D platformer. Is the yeah Pepsi Man? It was a Pepsi. Um, Kai, you would probably care about Toy Story two and Disney's Tarzan. No. Neither of which were particularly. Good. I was not really into the Disney video games. Okay. Well, Take yours. that. <laughs> um, shares the basic mechanics with the first game. Main yeah. difference really is there are three hub worlds instead of five. Which had a lot of speculation because there was a summer, a winter, and a spring. Mm. No autumn. No. There was never going to be an autumn. No. Just the three hub worlds ended up looking thematically like seasons. Yeah. Just to annoy people looking for that secret extra map, you know? Look, you gotta, you got to do something. Um... As we said, it's a yearly release. So the next year in... Annual. Yearly. It's annual release. Um, In 2000, we have Year of the Dragon. Yes, this is the the one I played. Okay. So in this game, we are told about an event held every 12 years in which new dragon eggs come into the world. Yep. Bianca... People only breed every 12 years. No, they just appear. Oh, shit. Um, Bianca and... They appear. And... Anthropomorphic rabbit. I did trying not to know she was a bunny for a long time, man. I'll be honest. That have scattered over 37 different worlds. Mm-hmm. So we went from 5 to 3 to 37. Sending Sparrow to follow her down the rabbit hole in order to stop her. Yeah. Um, this time, you've got you've, you've got um, Tom Kenny returning. Mm-hmm. Andre Sugliuzo. Yeah. Voice and Sparks this time. Oh. And that Yeti. Yes, this we game, will talk about him. Yeah, all right, we'll, we'll come to that. you got Hunter, still voiced by Greg Berger. Hunter the Cheetah is voiced by Greg Berger again. Uh, Neil Ross, voicing Moneybags this time. And Bentley the Yeti, mm-hmm. another Yeti. Um, Zoe the Fairy, voiced by Carolyn Lawrence. Sheila the Kangaroo, by Adida Brachetta. And then you got people like uh, Richard Tatum, Pamela Hayden... Flo D. Ray, <laughs> and a few others. I'm going to Google Redita real quick. Okay. All right. While you mention... I'll, I'll, I'll continue to go on with gameplay. Ah, she's from Prague. Oh. Meaning that accent she used for Sheila the Kangaroo, incredibly racist. No, because no, it's well done. If you didn't realize that she was Prague... I'm double checking to make sure she just didn't live in a shack... In the middle of, like, Sovereign Hill this whole time. Okay. (laughs) So, as we progress through the game, we learn about the Forgotten Realm, Mm -hmm. which is where we happen to have fallen down our rabbit hole to. Yep. Like Alice in Wonderland. It used to be filled with dragons. However, the evil sorceress banished all the dragons. And we find out 
by the end of the game. She is only getting the babies so she can cut off their wings and make a potion in order to become immortal. Yeah. She's cutting off baby dragon wings to become immortal. And because they're still in eggs, you don't think this is like a weird stem cell political thing, is it? It very well could be. I hope it's not. No one make it about that. You just did. Shit. Now it is. Shit, I, I conspiracy it again. The good news is, though, that Bianca turns against the sorceress when she realizes she's just... Steal- stealing stem babies, selling. man. No, she's fine with her, like, stealing the dragons, but... Clearly, she thought she just wanted to repopulate the world with magic. Yeah. Um, during this game, Insomniac added the ability to play as other creatures, known as critters. Mm. These include Sheila the kangaroo. Sent Crikey, bird. mate. Get a and such. Mm. Ugh. Sergeant Bird. Bentley yeah. the Yeti. Mm-hmm. And Agent Nine the monkey. Yeah. We also saw the return of Hunter, uh-huh. mostly during minigames. It was something that kind of happened during Return to Glimmer. It was definitely used way more in the third game. Yeah. Um, Seeing as you played this the most, do you want to have a chat? Well, there's this bit where you skateboard, right? Mm. Because, you know, Tony Hawk had just come out. And, um, I, yeah, it's obviously the most memorable for me. Pretty much every level in that first map would almost be iconic to me. The lavery one, the underwater level, uh, Cloud Spire with those chubby little dudes. I like Cloud Spire. Mm. I, the first map, Villa something, with the little Italian-y dudes. I remember spending heaps of time in that map. Mm. There's a big chicken. I don't know the names of the lands. I know they all have them. I don't know. I think three... Like I said, I don't think I played three as much, but... I didn't like all the side characters, but I did like the the game itself. Everything about Sparrow being refined. I liked all the cute little dragons yep. that you would collect. They were it cute. actually justified the um the little thief dude. You want to talk about him real quick? <laughs> Fuck that guy. He ran away. Um, but in all the other games, you would collect dragon eggs from a little thief, and nothing really ever came of them. Yeah. They were just there for collectible sake. But it was actually a key component of this game. Yeah. So it's like, good, this dude has a point now, I may as well go after him. Yeah. So you like three of the bus? I think so. I like Sheila before they redesigned her and gave her, like, hair and stuff. I'm mm. sure it's just a kangaroo that shouted racist comments. <laughs> um, so we, we have a bit of a pause between 2001 and 2005. I mean, there were um, seven games released. Another thing from Spyro 3. Oh, yes. Um, Another weird little cutting-edge thing that they added. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really... The second one was mostly just the first game again, but they added um, dynamic difficulty to this game. Yeah. So your abilities pretty much gauged whether it was an easy, medium, or hard game. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of it asking you. It just worked with what you knew. Yeah. I thought was good. Again, that's a rare thing at the time true yeah it's still a rare thing now frankly yeah it is pretty i suppose yeah so like we seven there were seven games released between 2001 and 2005 mm-hmm. these were made for a mix of the game boy like, the yeah. nintendo ds just other consoles that in general weird, um crossover with crash bandicoot on the game boy advance that sucked ass mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that we just we're not going to talk about 
We're not here to discuss it. This is that point that we got up to in our Crash Bandicoot episode where everything takes a dive. Yeah. I don't even think we covered it then either. Most of the stuff to Trilogy. In 06, there was a trial reboot called The Legend of Spyro. Mm Mm-hmm. However, we're here to talk about the real reboot. Yes. Skylanders. I'm just going to ignore that that ever happened. Good. All the Crash Bandicoot fans, such as myself, do the same. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. So, as early as 2014, there was talk about a root boot. However, it took until 2017 for the developers Vicarious Vision told fans, just keep asking. Oh, the fucking rumours that came after the Insanity trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately. Um... And by the 5th of April 2018, Toys for Bobs had announced that they would be doing Spyro the Reignited Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, the game was published by Activision and was a remake of Spyro the Dragon with additional parts of Reptos Rage and Year of the Dragon in it. So... It was all ah, but see, on the disc itself, oh. it has the first game and then it has parts of the second and the third when you plug it in it then downloads all of them yeah after the attempted reboot with tony hawk 5 Mm -hmm. we were nervous as shit about this update that is never a good sign i'm just making sure people are you know you're you're okay you've got this yeah we were on shaky grounds at first um it's all right it we came good in april 2018 however Around, you know, the, the beginning of the month, mm-hmm. um, a whole bunch of news outlets received purple eggs and a note from Falcon McBob saying that something was about to hatch. Because it's still a Toys for Bob game. Mm-hmm. Because the guys who made Skylanders still technically are Inspiro. Yep. Or have the rights to develop it anyway. Yeah. Um, all the development for this is good as well. Yes. So, following the release of Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, mm-hmm. the Spyro be- reboot clearly had, a- had to rise to the occasion. Yes. Because we've now seen a nostalgic game, all three parts, done really well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Crash Bandicoot was like a, like a top-charting reboot. Mm-hmm. Very fucking rare. Mm-hmm. One of the problems that they had, however, mm-hmm. was that unlike the Insane Trilogy, there was a collaborative effort between Toys for Bob and Insomniac Games. Because while Insomniac Games couldn't provide any code or original assets or anything like that, because, let's be honest, they just didn't have it anymore. Yeah. Like, no one saw a reboot happening, particularly after that period where games were coming out and people just weren't interested. Um, Insomniac Games did, however, sit down and talk to the Toys for Bob staff for hours and were able to provide them with original sketches. And basically, the main thing Toys for Bob was focusing on was they needed to get Spyro right. Because if the main character didn't look the way that fans thought he should have, they were never going to get people on board. Yeah. Which 
Makes sense. And they ended up using the original concept art mm-hmm. to rebuild it. They actually are. They like put out not polls, but they were asking fans which version they liked the best. Because at this point, Spyro had, had like a half dozen voice actors, yep. including Elijah Wood. Yes, weird. Who I I don't watch Lord of the Rings, so I associate with the weird cannibal from Sin City One. Yeah, we're just not going to talk about. Yep. Um. But people ended up wanting Tom Kenny back because of two and three. I think. Main nostalgia points. Yeah, and the first game he had pretty compressed audio. <laughs> so. Um. It was really interesting though because they didn't have any codes or assets or anything. Toys for Bob actually developed an emulation tool that they call Spiroscope, which basically, as you're playing, it shows the schematics of the levels, geometry, and reveals the enemy's paths. Because, as you're saying, they were programmed with AI, which was something that wasn't done. Mm-hmm. Um, so this like Spiroscope gave them the ability to kind of they were pretty much watch running a PlayStation emulator, but. It, like, showed the inner workings at the same time. Do you remember that stupid cheat in Simpsons Hit and Run that would reveal, like, the grid schematics for the map? Yeah. And it would cause it to lag? Well, I mean... They were pretty much using that, but also with, like, tracking on AI. Yeah. But it was similar to that. Um, it's pretty cool, really. Like, for someone to be like, "Mm, we can't do anything, but here's all of this stuff. Um... However, they didn't stop with getting the look right. They also had to get the sound right. Um, so we, as you said, we got Tom Kenny back doing Almost the voice. every voice actor in this is a returning person. We also got back Stuart Copeland, mm-hmm. who he did the music for the original trilogy. However, on this, he only does the main theme. They ended up getting Stephen Vankov who was an in-house employee, to re-record all of the soundtracks. Well, that's the thing. It had all been composed, but mm-hmm. it had all been, like... Compressed m- and zipped and yeah. smooshed out of existence. So they didn't really... Like, he came back and retouched the the theme titles, mostly to do a menu music. That's pretty much all he's there for. Yeah. Because you've the only difference is you've got the which of the three games you want to select screen. Mm-hmm. So they pretty much had to get a dude come in and, like do covers yeah um however it's really cool you can pick to either listen to the original music or the recomposed yeah you can do that in the crash team racing but it's it's buried in the settings man it's harder to find than i thought it'd be yeah but Um, that comes from the first halo game when it got its fancy hd reboot there was a button that would just put it back the whole thing. Yeah. Which was fun. I just think it's cool that they put that much effort into, you know, if you want to play it like you were playing it back then. Because I know, like, when people go and look at comparison videos and things like that, sure, the original trilogy look crappy. It looks grainy, it, it looks, looks compressed. Great for time, it but looks, it's all, everything's but that's, triangles that's and nonsense. When you were playing it, that was what TV looked like. Yeah. Live action, animated, everything was that really crappy, grainy thing. Like, I remember um, 
when they started bringing in like set top boxes my family got one like straight away plugged into it because we just that was what we did however my grandparents didn't have one so when we would go to their place they'd be like oh what's wrong with your tv it's broken like it shouldn't look like that and then they were like no no this is what tv actually looks like and i was like oh yeah that's the same with this like when we were playing it the graphics were amazing and yeah. I feel like the remake did a really great job not only at, like, all of the cutscenes are similar, all of the, like, texturing and the layouts and all of that is similar, that Ignited Trilogy looks the way we thought the yeah, original it's, it's trilogy the looked at the time. Yeah, it's, it, it's why it works better that they were using original concept art instead of making up their own decisions. Yeah. But, yeah, when those games came out... Graphically, we didn't know we could do better, and we were just dumb kids. We didn't know any better either. Yeah. If I was if I was a child playing around my house pretending to be Spider-Man, I would put socks on my hands. Yeah. Because the video game had big potato fists due to graphical limitations. So I kind of assumed Spider-Man didn't have fingers for a very long time. I, I think that's a much better Spider-Man. I, I want a Spider-Man with no fingers. Benny would have something to whinge about. Spotato Man. Oh, I don't like Spider Man. You don't like him no more. No, he's no a I never. I, no, I never like Spider Man. He's too goody goody for me. No, he's a potato. So what can you do? Yeah. But yeah, you can't. You can't really fathom now how good it looked when it did. Yeah, like they did such a good job of redoing it that you can basically like go straight into it and forget. I don't know. It's just, it's so captivating and it's such a perfect reboot. And it feels like it runs as good as the original. If you run comparison, it runs a little bit better. Everything's a little smoother, but it feels the same. But it's still like, and the really odd thing is that it still feels like, I don't know how to explain it, but it still feels like they put their own spin on the character and spin on the games while staying true to their original. Yeah, without tarnishing. Yeah. Because a lot of reboots will be like, here's a decision we made because we think we're better than the original creators. And the, But that's the thing. They have changed some things. But it's more but, to make things... It's more to make it work. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think something that Spyro definitely has a big, like, thing against other people is, sure, it's not a realistic game, but they've made that world as realistic as it could be it's, it's the same way as like me viewing the batman 90s movies like they're they're more that, stylized they're stylized than realistic. but it's in a way that you it's very believable yeah like you believe that those characters could exist in that setting with that story and that's something that they really managed to capture going between like the originals and reignited I, th- I think it's a really good reboot, which there's not a lot of those out there. What kind of dragons did you like in the first game? Like, given the reboot designs. Cause every- I think everything- the reboot designs are way nicer than the original. Everything in that game is, like, ridiculously beautiful. Every blade of grass is, like, fucking meticulously built and probably graphically more impressive than the entire original game. Yeah. No, the dragons are definitely one thing that they changed that they've like highly improved the other thing was sparks 
Like, if you, um, if you didn't touch Spyro for, like, a long period of time, he would interact with you and be like, come on, what are you doing? Like, and hey, he would gesture towards missing gems, yep. which would have been handy for me as a child. Yep. They added that, which was nice. But that's the thing, like, so they did put stuff into it, but it wasn't stuff, like... They didn't make Spyro blue. They yeah. just gave some dragons a more clearer personality. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think it was really good. Especially some of those weird triangle, like, dragon babies from the fir- from the third game. Yeah. They, they, I swear to God, they had, like, 20 polygons. <laughs> they, were, they weren't doing so good. No, they weren't doing okay. Mm. Oh, well, what can you do, I suppose? Okay. Any yeah. final thoughts? I just, the remake is a gorgeous thing. I think because they've got a lot of the original designs and stuff out of the way, they can focus on prettying it up. Yeah. And I have I have this argument with Nintendo people a lot because Super Mario is like the first 3D platformer, but it came out at the same time as Spyro 1 and Crash. Mm-hmm. Go back and look at Mario 64. It's fucking ugly. It's fucking ugly. All the weird textures that don't really match, all the d- level designs that are kind of either plain or dumb. Yeah. Spyro and Crash like spent a lot of time designing worlds. Mm-hmm. And especially once you put a fresh coat of paint on it like they did, it's very beautiful to just wander around in. Yeah. Um... You want you to talk have... about the billy goats in the Sheila level in Spark 3? We can. They, they, they were goats and they had big eyes. They did. That is <laughs> That's... a pretty accurate representation. That's all you need to know. Sheila was like the only side character I enjoyed playing with because you could just like stomp everything and you jump so high. Yeah, that's so, true. So that's definitely a nostalgia thing for me as a dumb goat. Did you have a favorite baby egg? Um... I don't know. Even after playing the reboot, like... They all blur together after a while, but I remember arguing, like, profusely as a child about which ones were the good ones. <laughs> it's funny the things that you think are uh, important as a child. Yeah. Well, are you ready to move on to homework? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. So, we... we... We've mentioned Spyro, we've mentioned Mario briefly, we've mentioned Crash Bandicoot a lot because they're very intertwined. We have. The Not cheat, only... I will say this, the cheat for Crash Bandicoot 3 that featured the Spyro demo... Yes. ...on the Insanity Trilogy used to just... It kind of, like, blocked out your menu. Yeah. It, like, took it away for a second because they were, they were obviously using it for something. Yeah. That's where they put the announcement trailer for this Spyro. Instead yeah, of the demo, yeah, they so put in the trailer... Good. I like that they kept all the cheats. How you could unlock Penta Penguin by doing the original cheat and stuff. Yeah. Um. So we, we've, as we've said, there are a bunch of mascots. Mascots. Video game mascots. However, you've got some are game specific. You've mm-hmm. got some are platform specific. Yeah, you got shit like Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> yes. Um. Toby, we've named some good ones. Uh, you want to rifle out some more real quick? Uh, Sonic's good. I, I don't think he's good, but he's popular. Mario. Pikachu. Pikachu. Um, uh, Halo guy. Master Chief. <laughs> Professor Snake. Halo. 
Yeah, um, Pac-Man, we mentioned him as well already. Yep. Mega Man, he's another dude. I remember his jump animation. Nathan Drake, Sackboy. Ooh, you're, you're going more modern. Okay, let, let's fuck Sora. with some of that. Cloud. That Bayonetta chick. Proven women with glasses can be sexy. Yes, I can. <laughs> I'm sure you like that one. News for all, I wear glasses. I'm, I'm sure they worked it out when we said that. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank, Banjo-Kazooie, Rayman. There's so many. There There's is. so many memorable ones. For yeah. every memorable one, there's like two or three that were shit. <laughs> well, look, hey. They hey, were shit. Hey. We're not saying that they're not memorable. You're going to sit there and defend Wild Woody right now? That maybe off. Red from Angry Birds is a bad character. He's re- even he's recognizable, but fuck him. Fuck him in his movie. Yeah. I, I feel that way. Toby, give me some um, terrible terrible gay mascots. Look, I was going... And I'm not saying gay, I'm saying game. Uh, look, I wanted to go with one that I remember hating as a child. Because you could say Wild Woody, that stupid screaming pencil fuck. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have that same nostalgia, like, I don't know how to call it. It's like a like a cringy feeling, but from the base of my past. Mm. He doesn't have that because I never played it. And then I think... I was trying to remember what one I really fucking hated, and I thought it was Jazz Jackrabbit. Mm-hmm. It's not. The music and gameplay I'm remembering is, it's kind of cliche to say, but fuck Bubsy the Bobcat. No! Fuck him forever. No, his I shitty puns him. and his music. I didn't even, I, I didn't even, Bubsy. I didn't even play the 3D one until like four years ago. I love Bubsy. It just, it felt. Oh, it's so good. There were so many other, like, 2D platform games that even as a kid, I was like, do we really need this fucking cat in a shirt right now? Yeah, we did. We don't, because we already have the dude from Cheetos, and we already have video games identical to this. No, no, I love him. What could possibly go wrong? Fuck him and his compressed voice acting. <laughs> He's great. No. Um, and then his reboot, huh? You want to talk about that? No. No, no one does. Fuck. No. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. Because you can turn down his jokes on that one. You could turn them up too. So I was I was looking for the different people because clearly, like the memorable ones are the things that stay in your head. Yeah, even, and it doesn't take much to be good. Even Puzzle Bobble's iconic as fuck. Yeah, he, he's just fat. He blew a bubble. He didn't give a shit. Um, I did find because I had a Sega as a kid. Oh no, you would have been a Sega kid. Of course. Look, I also had a Nintendo sixty four and a PlayStation. All right. Yeah, brand hum- loyalty. Humble brag, motherfucker. Um, I, I did find Koki, the Coca-Cola kid. Who the f- What? <laughs> I have to Google this. I he he this. just made me kind of giggle a little, but he's not my answer. I also was reminded of Arrow the Acrobat. Yeah, he was a bat. Also, That's the pun, the acrobat. He was Sunsoft, Which another you- not great, you know person. So I googled the Coca-Cola kid and it's an Australian romantic comedy film with two people fucking on the cover. Uh, so I think I did a bad job. Yes, it was a Japanese exclusive Sega game. Ah, it so was it wasn't directed story. by Dusan Makavivjev? No, it was... It was <laughs> I'm a, in the wrong place. It, it was a game for the Coca-Cola's Japanese mascot. Well, fuck that, man. Pepsi Man was good. Okay. And the spot from 7-Up. My winner. 
Rash, Zitz, and Pimple. I'm Googling from them. Battletoads. Ugh. I... Oh, they, this is just medical stuff. Hang on. <laughs> it looks... Looking, looking at it now, it looks like someone tried to... Um, it's oh, just what's that website? It's shitty Ninja Turtles, man. It's shitty Ninja Turtles, but they also look like someone's like overly sexualized them. That's just you looking at their big pictorial. And they're muscles. named they're named Rash, Zitz, and Pimple. Like who? That's, duh, uh, duh. They got a reboot recently, I think. You. Yeah. yeah. You. They're just they're part of that era of Ninja Turtle knockoffs. Don't forget the. Shark? What were they called? Land sharks or something? Road sharks? Oh, I don't know. Biker mice from Mars? Fuck. Look, that that whole era was like... I, just, I, would, I wanted to play Pokemon. I don't have time for this. I understand you're trying to appeal to gross boys, but... Oh, I remember Butt Ugly Martians. No. <laughs> There's a lot of fart jokes in there. Ugh. Um. Yeah, and let's not forget the... Is it the surfing level or the jet ski level being impossible in that game? Mm-mm. But no, so that's my, that's my not worth it winner. Duck. Do you have any quiet favourite ones? Um, Ty, the Tasmanian Tiger. He felt, he had a boomerang, didn't he? He did. Yeah. They were lava. Yeah. Um, he wasn't too bad. I like Sackboy. Sackboy's adorable. He is, at all times. Mm-hmm. Um... The robots from Near Automata. Blinks isn't terrible. He's a cute little kitty with a gun. What about Jack Frost from the Persona series? Remember his little snowman in the hat? I'll go with that. Okay, because I don't know. Just looking at me like that. But that is the answer to the homework question. Mm -hmm. And so we are done with our comparison. Any final messages for the people? I don't know. Spyro... I don't want to see more Spyro. No, I'm good. I don't want to see a bad movie come out. I don't want to see another bad reboot. Where yeah. I, wa- I want to see more Crash for some reason. I just feel like there were so many bad versions of Spyro. Even compared to Crash Bandicoot. I'm like, I'm happy with my time capsule. Yeah. And I don't think it needs anything We'll else. remake it again in another, what, They'll just keep updating years. it. Oh, I'm excited for the VR one where I get to ride on the back of him and sit on him. There you go. Jack Frost from Persona. Oh, yeah, I know that thing. He's a good egg. He's just happy to be here. Um, I hope you were happy to be here, listener. And if you were, be sure to rate, Do you like how I did that? And subscribe. Good. Mm. On all of our platforms. Yeah. Engage with us on the Facebook, please. Do it, pussy. Show me what you got. And that is all from this lesson. We are peace out. Yep. Because the school bell has gone. Yep. Class dismissed, everybody.